Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. This text is packed with admonitions of how to live the Christian life. And we could spend our time <clears throat> discussing each one of those, and they are all interrelated, it seems to me, and maybe the pivotal point in that text is the verse 9 that says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. This word hospitable, hospitality, is a word that we use and think about with probably a rather narrow meaning. The Greek word, if translated literally, means love strangers. That's what the word is, love strangers. Well, here's the problem. This passage says to Christian people to be hospitable to one another. I don't think that we are strangers. Surely members of God's family in a local congregation would not be total strangers to each other. Now, admittedly, we may not know each other as well as we could or should, but we're not strangers. So when Peter was telling these Christians to be hospitable to one another, when he would say, love those strangers to each other. There's something else going on here. In our language, the derivation of the word hospitable or hospitality is related to the word within it, hospital. And when all of these are put together, there's an interesting thing to me that arises a hospital is a place where you expect when you are in trouble that you will get the help that you need. In the hospital, it'll make you feel better and be better. Now, my own personal opinion is you can't get well till you leave the hospital, but that's just me. But that's the theory. And then think about this. The people who are taking care of you in the hospital... They are strangers to you, and you're a stranger to them. So in that environment, it really is people helping strangers with a sense of love and care that they are trying to make things better for the people who are there. This idea of hospitality, in our common use oftentimes looks more like this. We call one of those in our area of friendship or church family and say, how about come over to my house and let's eat together. And that is hospitality. Now, basically, when you think of the word, that's probably what you think about. You think about just calling somebody, 
providing a meal in your home, and then you pat yourself on the back and say, I'm a hospitable person. Let's walk for a few minutes through an understanding of this word. First, let's consider the first century. In the first century, when Peter was saying to these brethren to be hospitable, we have to remember what was going on when Peter was writing his letter. In fact, as chapter 1 opens, Peter is addressing those who are being scattered because of the great persecution that Nero was putting upon them, scattered. The, the Roman government causing trouble for Christians when they would travel. The ends of the day were not the kinds of places that Christians ought to be. They had problems. I found um, a quote in one of the commentary sets concerning this. The ends of the time were places of gross sin and corruption. And the homes of heathen friends, if opened to them, would often subject them to ridicule for their espousal of Christianity. Or, what was worse, temptation to resume their former manner of life. Hence... Only the private homes of Christians provided suitable association for those whose mind or those whose travels took them away from their homes. To guard the hospitality minded against imposition by unworthy people, the letters of commendation mentioned by Paul, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 1, came into use. Christian was traveling and he would get a letter from his congregation verifying that he is an accepted and good person. And not knowing where you are, the people there, you could present that letter and say, when the Christians would say, well, sure, brother, come on and stay. And in very real way, that was loving the stranger. Was Peter then telling those Christians, when your brethren are traveling, in these very difficult times, open your houses to them. Open your lives to them. Take them out of harm's way. Be hospitable. Not only the first century gives us a hint of what was going on, but I would suggest the way the word is translated in Scripture opens up some interesting concepts. So, for instance, most of the time, the word is translated stranger or foreigner. Now, the Greek word is a compound word, philos, which to love like a friend, and xenos, the stranger. 
Maybe you don't recognize that word unless I said it this way. Do you know what xenophobia is? The fear of strangers. So the Greek word xenos is a word that is often translated, most often, stranger or foreigner. However, there are other ways that very same word is translated, like in Acts 10. When God came to Peter and he said, through the vision, I want you to go see Cornelius. And about four times, there is a reference to Peter who is lodging with Simon the tanner. This word is translated lodging. Have a place to stay, to lodge there. Well, that's an interesting concept. So in Scripture, when he talks about the idea of being hospitable to the stranger, he certainly would be including the lodging, would he not? Look at another word. Hebrews 13, verse 2. You've heard it translated or quoted many times. Be careful to be hospitable because others have entertained angels unaware. Literally, it says, don't neglect loving the stranger. For angels have been helped in the past. The idea is probably a reference to Abram. When God sent three angels, apparently, to tell him that he's going to have a son. But even before he knew it, he saw these three strangers walking by and he begged them. He said, please come and stay right here with me. Let's talk. Let me feed you and take care of you. And it found out that it was angels. He didn't know it. That may be the reference that the Hebrew writer is intending. But the concept is to entertain, to provide for. But I want to look at another one. And it is this one from which I then backwards went through all of the other passages to think about this word. Romans 16 and verse number 23. Paul, in closing the letter to the Romans, spoke about Gaius or Gaius, who is my host and the host of the whole church. That's the word that we're talking about. Maybe literally it could say, Gaius, who is my stranger, who is also a stranger to the whole church. Now, if we translate it that way, it doesn't make any sense. For Gaius certainly knew the church. 
They would not be strangers to him. But Gaius hosted them in his home. What's going on with this word? I want to suggest to you that people who are hospitable reach out to those who are outside their expected group of people to give and help them with whatever is needed. That's the real word. Let me be a little more blunt. If the only people that we ever invite into our homes, the only people that we call to check on, the only people that we minister to are the people that we know that are our family and that are close to us does not make us hospitable people. It's just merely a part. But think of this. Why would Peter have to encourage somebody to be hospitable to the people they already know and love? Aren't we already doing that? I mean, isn't that natural? Isn't that just what we do? Why would it then need to be encouraged? Why would God talk about it? He's therefore obviously intending something bigger and something grander than that. If this word hospitable means to go outside of my responsibility group, family, and friends to give what is needed to help them, then let me expand our view of hospitality. Let me ask myself, am I hospitable? Are you hospitable? For instance, if we are hospitable people, we will love our enemies. Matthew 5, verse 44. That's what Jesus said. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Am I expected in culture and in common sense even to do something good for an enemy? Nope. Was Jesus then saying part of the definition of hospitality is to do good to your enemy? When I do good to an enemy, I'm, I'm helping change that person's mind. 
Now, I'm not talking about reaching out and going across the ocean to an enemy that's attacking the country. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people in our scope and in our lives and right around us who misuse, mistreat, and abuse us. What do you do? What if you turn right around and do good to that person who is abusing you? Isn't that hospitality? Loving a stranger? Number two. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 5. That situation we come across often in Scripture where this church was actually taking pride in the idea that they could have as one of their members a man whose life was so out of order that he was in a relationship with his own stepmother. And they go, aren't we big-hearted people? Maybe that was their definition of hospitality. We're just going to love you in that situation enough that you'll come back out of it. Paul said, wait a minute, that ain't going to happen. So in verse 5, what did he say? Turn him over to Satan so that his flesh might be saved. He told Timothy to do the first same thing in 1 Timothy 1 with Hymenaeus and Philetus. Am I expected? Does it make sense? Does it feel right to say, I'm turning you over to Satan? It doesn't. But could it be the hospitable thing to do? Because I'm trying to help them like being in the hospital to be a better person. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 6. Apparently there were Christians that were taking each other to court and suing them in open court. And Paul said to that church, you got to stop this. Should you not rather accept the wrong? Should you not rather be cheated than to air your grievances in public? because of what it would do to the reputation of the church and of Christianity. Is it the hospitable thing to do? To be willing to accept wrong and even to be cheated as a part of your Christian life? 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Paul is writing about this meat that's been offered in sacrifice to an idol. And he says, there's nothing to it. So what if somebody else worshipped through the cooking of that meat? Doesn't keep a Christian from eating it. 
of itself, but he said, you need to look out for the conscience of a weaker brother. Would it not then be hospitable to take my liberty to do something that is perfectly right, but because of this weaker brother, I say I'm not going to do it in order to help that brother grow eventually no longer to be a weaker brother, but to be strong in the faith. But he gets there because I am hospitable. How about 1 Corinthians 9? Paul said of himself, I have become all things to all men that by all means I might save some. Was he being hospitable? Was he being hospitable when he said, to the weak I became like the weak? To the Jew I became like a Jew? To the Greek I became like a Greek? In order to save some, he practiced hospitality. Maybe we could summarize hospitality in the words of Jesus from Matthew 5. In that sermon, he used this style, you have heard, but I say. Look at verse 38. You have heard that it was said, and I an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other also. If anyone wants to sue you and take your cloak, give him your coat also. Whoever compels you to go two miles, go with him or go a mile, go with him too. Do more than is expected. The slap on the right cheek was not just because I don't like you. The slap on the right cheek symbolized I'm ready to challenge you to a duel. I'm throwing down right now. Oh, I want to defend myself. I want to fight you because I beat you. But no, I'll turn the other cheek. I'm not going to do it. The man who wants to take your coat, the outer garment, give him your cloak too, the inner garment, just to show that I don't hold any grudge. The soldier, Roman soldier, while on a journey could grab a man or a boy and say, you carry my backpack, my stuff for a mile, and they had to do it. In fact, the Jews marked how far a mile was from their field. So if a soldier came by, they knew where to start and they knew where to stop. 
And one young man was compelled and he took that pack and he grumbled and complained and cursed and swore. And when he got to that mile marker, he threw it down. And the soldier felt, aha, I got him. The next boy picked up the pack when told and began to walk. You've been to a lot of places I've never been to. What's it like? I don't want to talk to you, boy. Oh, please tell me. You've been a world traveler. I've only been here. What's it like? And he told him a little bit about it. And they got to the one mile marker and he said, okay, son, you finished. No, no, tell me more. And he walked another mile. And the soldier's telling him these stories and he wanted to stop and the boy decided to go a third mile. And now the soldier is feeling bad. He's trying to take the pack away from the boy. Two boys did the same thing. They changed themselves or they, one changed himself and the other. Because he was hospitable. I close with a poem that I learned decades ago that teaches this idea. We recall the kind old grocer when the sugar he would pour, how he would tip the scales to balance, that he would add a little more. And his business, how it prospered, folks were always in his store. For he gave an honest measure. Then he added a little more. So it is with life, my brother. You would write a better score when you've done what is expected. If you would add... A little more. Let me suggest that we add a little more hospitality to our individual lives and to the lives of this, of everybody in this congregation as a congregation. Because hospitality is a much bigger and more powerful thing than maybe we have realized. God made us and so he knows us. But our rejecting him and running from him made us enemies. Romans 5, he reconciled us through Jesus Christ. He brought us back together. God was the ultimate person of hospitality. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he did more than we would expect? Aren't you glad that he does more than we might expect? And one of those things is, he might have allowed you to live till today, not having become child of his, giving your life to Jesus in baptism. He let you live today 
for this opportunity or any one of us to be able to repent and change while we still have the time. This would be a great day. Meet our shepherds here as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.